What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn spoiler cast. I was really worried I was going to mess that up. I hated it. It's in a front long of me, title. It's, I, it's a long title. <laughs> I was reading it, but I still thought it would be a, a just kind of a tongue twister. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me, as always, my good friend Jeff Pavlock. Hey, dude. Hey, Jeff. So uh, we just saw Birds of Prey, and uh, we'll get to just uh, some. Overall reaction on the movie, we're going to deep dive into uh, what we saw, the cast, the crew, everything about it, uh, but first off, first impressions, Jeff, uh, what do we think of Birds of Prey? First kind of um, big comic book movie of, of 2020. I think a lot of people who see this will have a similar response. This is what Suicide Squad should have been three and a half years ago. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Between the tone and the... It kind of had this go for broke spirit that like say Aquaman had where nothing was too silly to be included in this movie. Nothing was too irreverent. Nothing was too violent. uh, Nothing was too vulgar to go in here. Uh, It very much earned the R rating. And And it lets you know that right away. Oh yeah. It It, it drills it into us. Right. And I mean, we've seen now between Logan, Joker, R rated superhero movie and Deadpool. That's another one. R rated superhero movies can make big money at the box office. Um, it, it, the limitation of you know age groups that it doesn't kill box office receipts if the movie is popular enough. Um, so th- I think this is exactly what Suicide Squad should have been. However, back then, you know, did the DCEU was in such a, a mess at the time, and we didn't really know yet if R-rated superhero movies could draw like the PG thirteen and under. I am. Um, it's funny too. Like Suicide Squad was the movie. That year, so 2016, other than Rogue One, for me, that was like, that was sh- a surefire bet, I yeah, thought. Yeah, I think from, a lot of people thought that. So it was shocking to hear the first impressions of that and that it wasn't a good movie. Uh, and how st- stuff was coming out that like it just it was missing the mark uh, almost everywhere. And I'll say, so I reviewed it and I, I was much more easy on it than I think most critics were. And to a degree, I stand behind it, but I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a good movie. But Birds of Prey, like Jeff said, is what, to an extent, it should have been. Very self-aware movie. Um, it kind of unleashed what the best part of Suicide Squad was, which was uh, Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie as, as Harley Quinn. And, you know, gave her really her own movie, or at least her own lead, leading role. Uh, there was a lot of fun kind of dichotomy here with uh, background stuff on the Joker and his underlying presence throughout and nice Batman references. It doesn't let you forget that you're in Gotham, too. And I feel like just the environments and the architecture um, and uh, just some of like the culture you were seeing in Gotham, this felt like this felt like the Gotham I know from, say, Batman, the animated series, um, the Tim Burton movie, some of the comics where it's a very stylized, almost like a Victorian era kind of Gotham. Um, this didn't just feel like Pittsburgh, which is kind of what you got from the Nolan trilogy, sure. where it was a very realistic, very grounded kind of Gotham. This felt like a comic booky kind of Gotham. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And not as not quite as silly as... Suicide Squad, in a way. Uh, so this was a different kind of silly. This was more fun. This was more quality. Whereas yeah. Suicide Squad, I felt like with all of um, all of its graphics, all of its colors that it threw at you, it just did. It wasn't executed properly. No, not at all. Um, and you're right. D- the DCEU was really in a tough spell there. We had Batman versus Superman, which um, is a better movie than most people remember it to be. I I I feel especially with that extended cut yeah. that we've talked about, 
but it was going up against Captain America Civil War. Uh, the DCEU really had not been established yet. That was movie number two. Uh, there was uh, just Man of Steel before it. Right. So it, Suicide Squad had a lot to bring home. It missed the mark. Thankfully, we got Birds of Prey. And we're going to get a, kind of a who knows what the Suicide Squad is coming out in a few years from James Gunn. But I, I can't wait for that. Next year. Not even a few years. Really? Yeah, next summer. Oh, man, I hope, th- next I hope that. Next August, I believe. I hope that holds true. Um, I know shooting was about to begin, if not already underway for that. Yes, I uh, believe so as well. So hopefully that holds true and that, that comes out on time because that'll also uh, get us to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So uh, box office early on here. Again, we just saw this. Obviously, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not seen the movie, you're going to want to wait to listen to this podcast or watch us on YouTube. Just bookmark it and come back to it later. But uh, according to Hollywood Reporter, uh, it looks like Birds of Prey is going to fly to $50 million at the domestic box office. That's a, it's a pretty good opening weekend yeah, for, an, uh, for a movie. It's an R-rated movie, and on top of that, this doesn't need to make a gargantuan amount of money at the box office because the budget on this was much lower oh, um, yeah. than your typical blockbuster. This kind of continued the string of DC movies that were uh, significantly smaller in terms of budget and marketing um, than your average superhero blockbuster. You had Joker before that as well as Shazam. So these don't need to make a billion at the box office Mm-mm. to be profitable, although Joker ended up doing that regardless, but that's a whole other story. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, we So we, the budget... Uh, estimated about 80 to 90 million after tax incentives and rebates according to the Hollywood Reporter. So not bad, uh, especially for uh, for the start there. The first R-rated movie, as we, we mentioned here in the DCEU, I, um, I felt like it didn't have to be, actually. There was nothing in there that I thought we needed to have to make this the movie that it was. I... Maybe not this movie, but I think... I think if you're using Black Mask, if you want to get the best out of him, you have to have an R-rated movie. Did we get the best out of Black Mask, you think? No, we did not. But <laughs> we have that okay. uh, we have that later on the list of uh yeah. of topics. Absolutely. Uh and, and Zaz. I mean, if you're going to use him to right. his full potential, you you can't hold back. Yeah, th- those are valid points for sure. I've always thought that when you throw F-bombs into movies, it's it's got to kind of be warranted. I think you use it to make an emphasis or really I think it it oftentimes shows kind of a weak bit of of dialogue or or writing. This it, tend, there's so many f bombs in there's it. a lot. And yeah. I it kind of it felt lazy to me uh, at times. I'm not offended by the f word, but it just it felt like come on, you know. I think one of the very first sentences of the movie has one. Yeah, I for think, sure. I think Harley's opening monologue has oh, it, yeah. like the second or third sentence. She she definitely did. Uh, it was very early on. How about um, we're gonna get into more Harley Quinn here, obviously shortly. But how did, how did you like the fourth wall breaking? It was fun. I loved it. Yeah, I did not uh, anticipate that. From, from her. Uh, well, they, I mean, Harley has really become DC's slapstick kind of character. And you especially saw that with the animated series that came out on the, on the DC streaming service recently. With Kaylee Cuoco, right? Yes. Yep. So they're, they're really maximizing her comedic value at this point. Yeah. They, and they should. And it's funny. Like you look at, um, 
how long Batman and, and characters stemming from that universe have been around and other DC properties. And Harley Quinn is really not very old. Right. Uh, we're, you know, we're just going back to the early 90s with the animated series. Right. She's, she's not a product of the comics, I love which is very rare for just superheroes. Oh, it, it totally is. And I love seeing in the credits, too, uh, which probably goes without saying, but Harley Quinn, as created by Paul Denny and yeah. um, I'm forgetting the other individual's name from the animated series. But that... that I'm drawing a blank as well, but I will pull that up immediately. Uh, Bruce Tim, Bruce Tim, Bruce Tim. In uh, Harley Quinn, too, um, was bolstered in popularity by the the Arkham games uh, that came out in the the late uh, 2000s. If you are a, a video gamer, but uh, this movie here did it remind you of any other movies? It, it kept circulating through the. F- uh, a few in my head. I wanted to ask you before I said anything. There's two. Okay. Um, I would say the Kill Bill movies. Okay. Um, for the just the overall really stylized take on it. Interesting. Um, and I like some it. of the action sequences, and then John Wick, which I think very is, interesting. Which I think is a that's not too much a surprise though, because um, John Wick's director Chad Stahelski oversaw some of the action sequences for this. How about um, even with the storyline, with putting the bounty on the girl and basically everybody going after her. That reminded me a little bit of the end of John Wick two as we get. Into oh, chapter three, okay. Yeah. 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 He's got the I was wondering where you were going with yeah. that for a second. I actually thought uh, that it was a lot like John Wick just from that. Yeah. That viewpoint. I can see that where it was like, okay, like this girl's got a crazy high bounty on her head. We're going to go get her yeah. just as John Wick did in the end of chapter two going into three. And instead of a pit bull, she has a hyena. <laughs> exactly. That's another nice comparison. Um, with regards to the movies, I thought so. I like the Kill Bill there. I think that's really solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought in so many ways it seemed influenced by Deadpool and Deadpool oh, Two, well, that maybe too. specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R-rated yeah. superhero movie, but they it felt very much like that. Even down to her kind of befriending the child. Hard to just, just like hard to yeah, hard to disagree with that. Yeah. Um. So you know that was there a lot of the the goofiness, of course, from what we would see in Deadpool was here too. Um, And, you know, it's funny. I read some impressions that said it reminded them of guardians of the galaxy a little bit. I didn't take that too much. Um, I thought the ensemble as we got towards the end of the movie became a little bit like that, especially the first moment uh, when they all come together Mm -hmm. and they decide that they have to work together to get out of their predicament. I felt like that was like the moment in Guardians when they all stand up and yeah. in the circle for the first time. Although Guardians has, for as much humor as it has, it also has way more sentimentality. Than yeah, this. for sure. There's, I mean, there's those characters people adore. Yeah. They feel a connection to. Yeah. This is a little, a little bit more disconnected. Right. I mean, there's a couple legit tearjerkers in the first Guardians movie. Oh man, you weren't seeing that in this. No, for sure not. But maybe we get some of that when we get to the Suicide Squad with we, James Gunn. We got opportunity. That's right. Um, some uh, Easter eggs, right? We're going a little bit all over the map here. But I don't know if this was a thing or not or if I imagined it. I'm going to have to confirm later. But when uh, Harley is in the police station and she's walking out after having basically pretty much shot everybody just before she goes to find the child, uh, she goes, oh, I know him. And I thought that was Captain Boomerang. On the wall, on a wanted poster. Oh, uh, okay. I could it, be wrong, but it, it could have. I, yeah, I thought it was just some random. I thought it was some random like extra and earlier in the movie that you know didn't get assigned a name. It it could have been. I thought I that re- was a nod oh, back to Suicide Squad. I want to rewatch that now. Yeah, because um, I mean he is coming back for the Suicide Squad. Is he really? Year. Yes. 
Interesting. I'm almost positive. So that would make sense. You're going to make me double check now because you questioned it, well, but I'm almost positive of that. You know, speaking of Suicide Squad callbacks here, as we've kind of been harping on that movie, uh, I liked that they kind of were going through her her wardrobe. Right. And they showed the, the Danny's Little Monster shirt that she wore and kind of like, no, no, no. Yep. Like, G- you know, get her, get rid of it. Jai Courtney. Coming, coming back, back, Captain Boomerang. Interesting. Really intrigued to see what kind of movie this is. Do we know if it is a straight-up reboot or if it's existing in the same universe? I don't think anyone knows. The terminology has never been It's defined. never been clear at all for us. They said it's not a sequel, but it's not a reboot. I don't know. I, I, think I, I feel like it's going to be closer to a continuation of Birds of Prey, if anything, because we know Harley's going to be in it. I think it's within this DCEU. Right. And I think they're trying to say it's not a, a sequel because of... They yeah, want to distance they, it from... Sure, I mean... Why wouldn't you want to, Yeah, right? no, like, at this point, they want to yeah, completely distance themselves from those earlier movies because they had brand damage after them. They did, for sure. And it was seemingly going to be gold. And even, I remember going into it, when we watched all the trailers, we thought maybe we'd get a Guardians vibe, which is ironic that James Gunn has kind of taken that over. Yeah. <laughs> because of all the music uh, that we saw in those trailers. Um, But, I, yeah, I swore that was him, and if he, since he's coming back, that would make all the more sense. To, to tease that you, um, may, you may be right on that i want to god i want to watch this now yeah and just zoom in on that wanted <laughs> poster well when so when they're going through the wardrobe and she gives montoya mm-hmm. kind of like that red number is that i feel like that is from I, it could be just a generic thing but i felt like that was from arkham's uh, arkham city I'll have to look up, look that up again. Yeah, that, that might be like a, that a deep dive. Vest kind of thing. Yeah, hmm. I don't uh, know. The other thing that again, I probably am making up in my head, but I thought at a quick glance I saw when we see um, Montoya kind of wallowing in her self pity. She's drinking away. And she's about to light on fire all her evidence in her bedroom. Yeah, I thought before as she was leaving, the background TV was an image of Joker from the movie in the fall. Oh, Joaquin like she Phoenix's was, Joker. Yes, like she was watching an old school comedy show that, and it looked like it was his stand up oh. from when he was on the, the Murray. Was it Murray? Was that the guy's yes. name? Yes. When he was on that show. Again, I don't know if I just wanted to see this, but I thought, cause it, it held long enough that it, it seemed like the movie was trying to point us to, to looking at it. We'll have to look up Great. some Easter eggs here yeah, shortly. Yeah, I'm going to totally want to look for that now, too. <laughs> but um, that would be a really nice nod. That'd be fantastic. And also, even though Joker is really its own thing, the the movie we're talking about, it would be a nice way to connect it to this universe in some odd way to say that, yeah, it happened just in the a, past. Just a ha-ha moment. Just, that, it, yeah, it was there, you know? I, I love little things like that. Uh, we'll have to look up some more Easter eggs. Uh one thing, you know what, maybe I'll circle around when we get to the cast here, but why don't we get into a little bit of how this movie tried to distance itself, not just from Suicide Squad, but really from the Joker that we saw from Suicide Squad with Jared Leto. Yeah. There were a lot of, of not-so-subtle nods starting off with the first five minutes of the movie here. What did, what did you think of what they were trying to do with all of that? I think it's the right call. Yeah. He's- He's a tarnished property in terms of the Joker. 
Yep. He's a pun- He's a punchline. I watched Suicide it's... Squad last night in prep for this as I was doing some other work, and oh my gosh, like, it's bad. I mean, I love Jared Leto as an actor, and I don't think his portrayal was as bad as other people make it out to be, but this, the fact of the matter is the prevailing consensus is that he was terrible, mm-hmm. and he's just a running gag that you, you can't have as part of your, as your, uh, part of your movie brand. And there's a big risk yeah. to... to you know, from the studio standpoint, to portray that character how they did and go for it, and with you know a, a big name like that. But again, it's a style choice and a preference and a flavor with how they portrayed the Joker, and it just didn't work, and I, it, it was bad. I think a good part of the reason why we got the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie was because I think the audience so. is so hated Jared Leto's Joker. I mean, think back to not far after Suicide Squad. I felt like that was news that that was coming quickly. I even remember reporting on it on a week of The Week in Geek, which we used to do this weekly news segment. And he was, I think even Jared Leto sounded like he was confused because he thought he was going to be getting his own movie. Yeah. And then we realized, oh, no, they're taking it in a totally different direction. This is going to be some really dark, R-rated, it seems like, movie. And obviously it ended up being R-rated. And then it was going to be recast, and it's not going to be connected to the DCEU. And it ended up being wonderful, by the way. It was the right call. <laughs> yeah, and we don't need all of these interconnected universe movies for them to be successful. And I think DC learned its lesson with that. Big and time. Th- honestly, let's, you know, we'll we'll get more into the the DCEU shortly, but they've done a nice job and we'll we'll kind of chronicle where they've gone since the misstep that was Suicide Squad. But uh, at almost every moment they're talking about cutting ties from joker there's a an underlying theme that harley quinn is a big enough character now that she doesn't need to be famous by association anymore no that she she can kind of hold her own yeah and i think like you said you can probably speak much more to the quality of the harley quinn animated series um like she is in that group now where we we've said wonder woman is is kind of taken over dc's lead yeah for superman and batman at least where we stand at this point in time in popularity Harley Quinn is right up there with Joker, but not necessarily next to Joker. Right? Harley Quinn is absolutely one of DC's biggest characters right now. There's no, there's no denying that she is their Deadpool in the sense of in popularity. The, yeah, I would say you know, kind of this crazy character that is off on their their own um, in terms of what the style of the character is, who they are. So it, it's good to see. I've always been a huge fan as well. You're gonna see a lot of Harley Quinn cosplay this year, oh, and then for Halloween costumes. First thing I thought Guaranteed. of, yep. any outfit change, you're you're getting you're yep. getting more of it. So you know, why don't we go through some of the the cast here? Uh, we'll we'll start with Margot Robbie, of course, as Harley Quinn. I think it's one of the best superhero movie castings we we've ever gotten. She just really connects to that character. She brought to life the animated version that we've known and loved for the better part of over two decades now, and or uh, actually just shy of two decades, I should say. And I think um, in this one, she it felt like she played her different than she did in Suicide Squad while being the same Harley Quinn. There was definitely, I would say, a heavier comedic element to her in this one and almost more yes. of just like a, it, you know, Margot really seemed to have settled into the role by now. And granted, she had for Suicide Squad as well. But like this feel, felt like it was second nature to her now. Where it's like, okay, I know this character like the back of my hand. I, you know, I'm just going with the flow on this. Like she is just natural at this role by now. She's really settled in, and she had a, she played a big role in this movie being made as well. 
Margot Robbie did a lot of work to get this idea up off the ground, uh, to get DC, uh, DC and Warner to commit to a, a Harley solo movie. Um, so without her efforts and her passion for the character, we probably don't get this movie. That's saying a lot. Um, and they kind of mirrors too Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool. Right? Like those movies exist because of him and his yeah. passion towards that character. Um, I, I thought in this one, you're right, maybe she's just more slapstick. Like she settled into the role. And looking at Suicide Squad or watching that again last night, I, she's so good. She's so good in that movie. She is every bit the redeeming moments uh, that we see throughout the film. Yeah, if there are redeeming moments, it's all her. Uh, and in that one, she is kind of, even though she is really the runaway star, she is second fiddle to Will Smith's character in that movie. It's not about her. Right. It, it's about his, you know, Deadshot's story. Yeah. He's the main character if there is one. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it it's fine. But we wanted this. The fans have spoken and we got a Birds of Prey movie. So I do encourage you to go out and see it. You know, you vote with your wallet. And that's a, this is a, a big we, we just talked about box office numbers and, and how well it sounds like this is going to do. Go vote with your wallet. See this movie. And it'll encourage DC to keep doing what they're doing with this stuff. Agreed. Uh, Ewan McGregor is Black Mask. Uh, what, what do we think? As soon as he put on the mask, I loved him. Um, everything before that, didn't hate it. Um, it's just not my ideal Black Mask. Um, this was not the, Black Mask to me either. Yeah, I mean, it's not completely unheard of for Black Mask to be a little, to have some any kind of comedic elements to him. But the flamboyant and almost kind of childish nature... It's just not my ideal black mask. I like the sadistic, absolutely ruthless and sinister black mask um, that we've seen, whether in video games, uh, mm-hmm. in some of the the darker uh, comic book storylines. I, I mean, they got the costume perfect. That mask was, and then when he had the suit on, um, the DC movies have, for the most part, done a fantastic job with outfits and costumes. Uh, so this one was another case of that. And there was an identifiable turning point for his portrayal, though, um, in the club scene where he absolutely berates the one girl and it gets dark and tense in a real hurry. That's what I wanted to see. more. Same. I agree with that. Um, His character felt a little bit goofy and it didn't work for me. I felt like um, almost like Sam Jackson and Kingsman. Yeah. Were, and, and I like Sam Jackson and Kingsman, but and, here you know, maybe there's another comparison. Now the Kingsman movies have some similarities to this. If, wow! Yeah, I just I thought of that now. With, with um, not so much the violence, but the action sequences and the tone. I mean, they're right? they're both yeah, really over the top. What do we think of those action sequences? Like this was not one or two. This was consistent throughout. Yeah, the, these the, big fight scenes. The fight scenes were really good in this, uh, especially in the fun house. I thought the choreography yeah. in that was really, really good. And then I'm sure that's where you see some of Chad Stahelski's, um proficiency on display. Yeah, they with they crushed chore- it. choreographing action. And they nailed the dynamic of Harley Quinn being such the acrobat that she was. Yeah, right. Like every little flip and somersault that was awesome. She was great. Um, yeah, with Hugh McGregor, I felt like I, you know, everyone loves Hugh McGregor these days, especially, you know, he's coming back for Kenobi on Disney Plus. That's going to be exciting. Um, he didn't do anything to tarnish my view of him in this movie. I felt like it was an odd take on Black Mask. And had we had a darker, more serious one, like we had with regards to the scene you're referencing with the turning point. I feel like that might have made Harley Quinn even funnier. 
Because if she didn't take him seriously, and he oh, was always yeah, the yeah. serious, morbid, awful guy, right. and she was always joking in his face, I think it might have made it funnier. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, what they were going for. It's often been compared like Joker is chaotic, whereas Black Mask is evil. And yeah. that's, that's how I've always kind of interpreted the characters. Like, Black Mask isn't psychotic. He is just plain evil. I think that's fair. Um, you know, switching gears here, Chris Messina as Zaz. Uh, that's a, an odd take on Zaz, too. I mean, there's not, uh, it wasn't like super off base with him, but he, kind of a, a weird relationship with Black Mask. And he was just, it's a smaller role. I mean, he he felt like, you know, the henchman for the most part. And I mean, Zaz is not, you know, necessarily an A-list Batman villain, um, but he just, he wasn't given enough time to really, really make an impact. The Zaz we got in the Gotham TV series is maybe my favorite one ever. He's dead serious, very intense, but he has these really light, funny moments, and it works with him. It's not goofy. Yeah. Um, and not that Zaz needs to be funny. I'm just saying I ended up liking that character. Um, we've got a really nice ensemble here. Um, yeah, Hunt- from here, I'm going to speak positively to pretty much every portrayal. I really, I would say my favorite non-Margot Robbie character was actually Huntress. Oh, okay. Um, I got a different one then. And, you know, I, for- I could make an argument for a few other ones. Right. But Huntress is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. A wonderful um, actress. She... I love her work. Was great in this because she was awkward. Yeah. And you wouldn't <laughs> have anticipated that, right? Like, she's supposed to be this cool, badass chick that just is smooth and she's an assassin, but she can talk just as well as she can shoot. Well, she can't. She's right. super awkward. <laughs> and I loved it because there was such a human element to that, despite her being this cold assassin, right? And a really nice backstory. Yeah. Which, remind you of anything, Bruce Wayne? Oh, totally. Like, am I right? So, I really, especially as we got towards the end and we got more dialogue between her and her, her fellow comrades, I really became a big fan. And uh, the crossbow, that was really cool. It was funny. So, I would like to have seen more of her. I wish this movie was maybe an extra 10 minutes longer so that Huntress could have gotten a little more screen time. An ensemble with this crew throughout most of, of a movie would be fun. Yeah, I uh, agree. Yeah. Now that they've set this up, I'll throw all of them in there and give them the screen time they deserve. Yeah. And you still got you still have Margot Robbie as your lead. I think it works out beautifully and kind of you know stirs the pot. Black Canary, is this where you're going? Yeah, I, th- right. I thought she stole the show. Journey Smollett-Bell, I thought, did a fantastic job as Black Canary. Oh, look at her spouse name. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh-huh. Uh, so she's married to a Josiah Bell. <laughs> I did not know that. Incredible. She did, she did a fantastic <laughs> job. And it's been really cool the last few days as reactions were coming out, um, as we were getting closer to the release. Um, Gail Simone, a longtime writer of the uh, Gotham superheroines, um, sorry, heroines. Um, she was expressing how much she loved the movie and how much she particularly loved Journey Smollett Bell's portrayal as Black Canary. And Journey Smollett Bell just took that as, as such a huge compliment. Like she expressed that she was so honored that Gail Simone uh, really liked her portray- uh, portrayal. And it's great because this is really Journey Smollett Bell's first major like film credit. She's done a lot of TV work. She's been in uh, True Blood, Friday Night Lights. And then especially this is her, like her first blockbuster work. Um, so I'm really happy for her. She really seemed to love the character. She was very, very pleased with the praise she's been getting. And she deserves that. I thought she did a great, great job as Black Canary. And we were hoping to see maybe a little bit of a, a bigger DC Universe connection 
right. in our post-credit scene is rumored. Yeah, there was a rumor floating around the last few days on social media that the post-credit scene was going to be something along the lines of Green Arrow showing up and saying that he's searching for Black Canary. Oh. That was not the case, but th- that would have been really cool, especially because Arrow is ending later this year. The TV show is in its final season, so that would have been ideally maybe the perfect time to bring Green Arrow into the into the uh, cinematic universe now. But I thought so, too. That would another day, I guess. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. We've got a lot of nice things going on in the DCU right now. Believe it or not, we do. Uh, no, they're on a hot streak now. We'll, we'll get to they it. They absolutely are. Um, Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya. So, Rosie, all I kept thinking about the entire time was her role in uh, Pineapple Express. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so much. That is that's one of my favorite comedies. Um James Franco is just gold in that movie. But um, she played a nice character, too, obviously. Um, I Again, self-aware how they made fun of her for being the co- the cheesy cop from the 80s. Yeah. Right? Uh, that was really nice. So I thought she she played a, a nice round-out role. Like, she tries to be level-headed, but she knows she's not either. She knows she's a bit of a hothead and oh, yeah. ju- just as, in her own way, crazy as the rest of these outrageous characters that she's fighting alongside. Um, and then we get to the the child here, the youngest uh, star on the cast, Ella J. Bosco, who plays uh, Cassandra Cain, only 13 years old in real life. She's great. She's very good in, in, in such an intense movie. I thought she it's did funny, a she's great She's not allowed job. to see this movie right, from yeah. a rating standpoint. <laughs> yeah, she was good. Um, I liked her better than I liked Russell in Deadpool 2, if we're comparing. I liked um, her relationship with Harley Quinn. Kind of like a sisterly thing they they had going on. I like that too. Yeah, that's probably the only like heartwarming part of this movie. But it and it was. I like that too. It was in there were squeaky shoes down there. Sorry, (laughs) it's okay. It's a little snowy outside. Oh man, I know. As soon as we're we're done here, you got to bolt. Yeah. Um. Thank God for automatic car starts, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I really liked. There were some nice emotional elements. So I know we talked about in Guardians how there's some endearment with those characters and how we. feel towards them i thought there's a little bit of that with harley quinn as crazy as she is as heartless as she can be she really cares about certain things Uh, obviously she was fixated on on the joker um and then she became fixated on her relationship with her landlord right downstairs at the restaurant and then uh that didn't work out and then she betrays uh cassandra by trying to sell her and then Cassandra kind of says, hey, I thought you were different. And you can see subtle things here and there. And, and Harley Quinn, obviously, towards the end, ends up becoming this, this sisterly character towards her. And I thought it was just, it, it was well written and well executed. Uh, I think that's pretty much it in terms of cast members. It, oh, Bruce the Hyena also stole the soul, uh, show for me. Nice that he's named after Batman. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Uh, it, it, I, I just love that they threw the hyena into there. That was pretty awesome, no doubt that, about that's, it. That's an example of this movie not being afraid of being too comic booky. Nothing is too outrageous or, or silly for this. I, I'm really glad that they went ahead with that. This was, Bruce the Hyena was basically what the drumming octopus was in Aquaman. Com- just embrace your origins, and j- embrace the comic yeah. booky, colorful nature of this property. The um, one... W- moment that i would have been like that's ridiculous if i saw in a lot of other movies was when black canary let out her high-pitched note singing wise and blew away all the enemies 
towards yeah, the end yeah. of the movie. I was like, come on, that's so ridiculous. But then I'm like, hey, this is Birds of Prey. This is supposed to be fun. And then we see Harley Quinn on roller skates, which is hilarious. And uh, right after we see Black Canary go, when did she have time to change uh, shoes? That uh, was hy- that was hysterical. So Margot <laughs> Robbie's chasing down the car in roller skates. And I just realized now her asking when did she have the time to change the shoes is almost like a it's almost like a self-aware nod to uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, continuity errors like where <laughs> something happens off screen that, you know, uh, the audience doesn't see or, you know, there's a, some kind of visual element that's conflicting with an earlier scene. Yeah, I that's I was definitely it's a funny into way it. to poke fun at that. I, I mean, I might be reading too much into it, but all right, I'm pulling up. I love the Black Canary scream. I mean, that's that's the character for me. I love that superpower. We're gonna take a look at uh, just at a screen crush article about uh, some of the birds of prey Easter eggs here. We're just gonna see here because I see if it's yeah. List, yeah. Janus Corporation. That was interesting. There we go. All right. Yeah, th- wow, you were right. Yeah. All right. Nice so, catch, man. Um, it says, "Hey, I know that guy," and of course, uh, that was Captain Boomerang. Nice so, catch. Thanks, man. Um, I just want to see if I was anywhere close to base on uh, on Joker being there or not. I don't. I think that, that's probably a stretch. No, I mean, and me, it, no. If you are right, that may have been such a subtle one that maybe Screen Crusher or everyone else didn't notice it yet. I'm gonna keep digging on that one, but there is a nice article if you Google uh, "Birds of Prey Easter Eggs." Uh, Screen Crush came up on there for us, so we'll we'll take a look. Um, so we'll we'll kind of round things out here for for the movie. We'll talk. We'll close with just our final thoughts on it. But first, the DC Extended Universe. It was never fair for them to ever think or for fans to ever see them as competition for what was going on with Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was such a trailblazer and continues to be such an immensely successful franchise. Those movies average a billion dollars a screening or a, a, a release, which is unprecedented with 23 movies released to date. So the DCEU was never going to catch up. They were never it was never going to work from a cookie cutter standpoint to try and do what Marvel did. They needed to take their time with it, build their own stories, not look at what Marvel was doing and build their own universe. We started with man of steel, which I think is a very good Superman. It is movie. doesn't deserve the hate it gets. Absolutely not. It's a wonderful, wonderful film. I encourage everyone to watch it. If you have not, uh, Henry Cavill as Superman is a fantastic superhero casting. He is wonderful. We didn't deserve him. And he ended up walking out. Then unf- for now. For unfortunately, movie number two ended up being Batman vs. Superman. That movie gets a lot of hate. Not all of it warranted. It wasn't as good as it could have been, of course. But there was no good way for you to bring in Batman, Wonder Woman, and a handful of other characters into your universe after just one movie. Yeah, You needed time to build and kind of let these characters stew a bit. And then we got Suicide Squad, which we've talked about enough uh, tonight. At length. It, you know, Probably the worst, I, I would say, of yeah. the DCEU movies. I'd agree with that. Shortly after that, we got a wonderful, wonderful movie. And Wonder Woman, of course. So, uh, probably the best movie 
in the DCEU. But we all knew we were going to love that movie as soon as Gal Gadot was cast as Wonder Woman. Um, one of our favorite movies at the Geekiverse ever, yeah. you know, in our time here. And Wonder Woman 1984 is our most anticipated of this year. With good reason. <laughs> Absolutely. We got Justice League, which was a bit of a flop. Again, not as bad as, as critics panned it, but a result of a rushed universe. That could have been such an epic movie. Think right. of all the Avengers coming together for the first time and then getting to uh, Infinity War even you know, 10, 15 movies later and how epic it was. That could have been something we saw in Justice League where these characters are all together. It is what it is. We're not getting it now. So then we go on a string of really, really nice individual movies. We got Aquaman. Aquaman. Which is right in the top echelon with Wonder Woman. And then for me, a very close second, if not number one, Shazam. I love Shazam as well. Shazam is I think is Shazam's great. my number two. I think it's it's definitely above Aquaman for me. I don't I don't think it's above Wonder Woman, but I've I'm kind of in the middle of a rewatch here. Yeah. So I'm open minded about it. I absolutely adore Shazam. But that is a fantastic movie. That is their uh, again, kind of their answer to Deadpool in a way, without having to go the R-rated route. It's just, it's great on so many levels. So here we are with Birds of Prey. Not quite on some of the levels of, let's say, Shazam or Wonder Woman, but a fine entry. Yeah, this, Not, was, this was fun. This is a good movie. It's a good, fun watch. Definitely better than Suicide Squad. Not great by any means, but better quality. Yeah. Better execution, better writing wonderful pacing i would say it was a little over two hours or close a to little it? under two little hours under? it moved yeah. pretty quickly for no, me this was shorter especially compared to like wonder woman and aquaman which ne- both nearly hit two and a half those were like two hours 20 minutes each i think aquaman's a deep one that, it is. Can, <laughs> no, that seriously that yeah, you bum <laughs> even though it's it's a very good movie it is you got to be up for it no doubt about it well, you know, think about it. Like Lord of the Rings, you're not going to watch that movie tired. No, that's a long movie. Then you you got to soak up every detail for it. You know, I was ribbing you about the pun, right? I know exactly. Okay, what okay, you're I'm doing. okay. Yeah. Just, just making sure. I didn't want to go there. Just making I'm sure. Full of puns tonight. Final uh, closing thoughts here on Birds of Prey, and where we move forward with the DCEU as we go out to see Wonder Woman 1984, uh, a a presumably disconnected Batman movie, and then. We'll see after that with the Suicide Squad. What do we think of this movie? I'll repeat what I said before. That was a good, fun watch. Um, Great action. And I'm just so, I'm really glad that they completely embraced the comic book element of this and said, hey, nothing's off the table. Nothing's too silly. Nothing's too outrageous. Let's go as over the top as we can. Let's embrace, let's embrace our nature of this and embrace our roots in comic book superhero storytelling. I am very much on, on the same page there i think uh, the self-awareness the execution the writing everything has gotten a lot better since they stopped worrying about making sure that everything was so connected yeah. didn't have to be and that it still too. is yeah. you know it, it's just it's been much better they've slowed down they've been a little bit more patient it feels like from a studio standpoint and we're enjoying ourselves the dceu is much better than the perception is uh you know out in in the public and the kind of the blogosphere if you will it's it's doing much better it's on a hot streak birds of prey i think at least continues that absolutely uh, so uh for all things geek you want to go to the geekiverse.com you can watch this episode at youtube.com slash geekiverse where we've got new videos every week or 
uh, listen to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Jeff, you've got a lot going on here as we get into, well, I was going to say, we've got a month left before spring, and then it's Nickel City season. But we're, we've got kind of an icy tundra out there right now. What are you doing to, to occupy your time for the Geekiverse and for yourself? Uh, if you've been following my high fantasy trilogy, The Legend of Light, let me first say thank you. I really appreciate all the support and all of the um, fans that have reached out to me, buying the books, reading them, letting me know what they thought. Uh, I'm almost done with the third and final one in this trilogy. We're kind of putting the finishing touches on the manuscript for that. Um, we'll have the first five chapters of book three available on the website as we have done with the first two books. So if you are done with the first two and eager to jump into the third and final one, we will have some previews for you coming up soon. Very exciting. Um, you can follow me on social media, uh, at Josiah D. Leroy. I've got a lot going on here at the Geekiverse. You can, uh, if you like our videos and, and podcasts, as we've mentioned, uh, I host, uh, I co-host uh, a video game podcast with Jeff called Geek Scott Game. We just, uh, came out with this month's episode yesterday. As I said, it is a monthly episode. Uh, we talked about the top 10 most anticipated games of 2020. And what a great year it looks like it's going to be. It will be. Uh, I'm so sure of it. Absolutely. We've got a lot of blockbuster titles as well as two new systems coming out. Also, uh, I host a, a show called Pluscast. If you like Disney Plus, it is all things Disney Plus, uh, whether that's Star Wars, Marvel, or your Disney catalog that you see on the service. We are talking everything about that on a month-to-month basis. Uh, last thing I do want to plug here, um, it is uh, something called the 11-Day Power Play. So I am honored uh, to be playing on a team. Long story short, if you're not in the Western New York area, the 11-Day Power Play is literally an 11-Day hockey game. It takes place downtown Buffalo at the Harbor Center, and proceeds go to a number of charities. Uh, first of all, you'll see Oshai uh, Children's Hospital, Camp Good Days, and Roswell Park Cancer Institute, just to name a few. I, uh, I am raising money through it. You can go right to the11daypowerplay.com. Uh, no, the just 11daypowerplay.com. Search Josiah Leroy and you can donate any amount of money. Uh, anything is welcome. We are trying to raise a million dollars this year. Um, so I'd love to be a part of that. It would be an honor uh, if you would do so. I am playing for three people uh, my aunt Sue McGee, who's uh, currently battling cancer. Uh, and then two that we lost much too soon in uh, Rebecca Her and Jed Woomer. So those are kind of the names that I'm taking with me. And anyone uh, that you may have, have lost in your life or you're fighting for, uh, if you donate, you can uh, list their name on my page. And that'll go uh, towards my my portion of the event or for who I'll be playing for. Uh, so, I, you know, cancer's obviously affected all of us. And this is such a wonderful event here in Buffalo but you don't have to be a Buffalo to contribute to the great cause. So I'd be honored if you would. For Jeff, for Josiah, I should have just said for me. I don't know yeah, why I said for weird. Josiah. It was yeah, a little bit odd. I don't know why you went the third person there. I, I Probably all this, this crazy stuff with Birds of Prey that we've been talking about. We've enjoyed our time here. We'd love to hear your reactions from Birds of Prey. Visit us at facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. Leave your comment and tell us what you think of the movie. You're going to read our official review very shortly from one Peter, the Grumpy Geek. I'm interested to hear Wait, his thoughts on it. what? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I passed the buck. Uh, <laughs> I knew I should have taken this one. Not too late. We'll catch you soon.
Everybody, man.